Good morning. My name is Chris McDaniel. Welcome to our daily podcast. It's good to be together. Uh, We're going to read a passage of scripture from the book of Romans and then pray and spend just a little bit of time here on this Friday morning. Paul says, let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, do not claim to be wiser than you are, do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all, if it is possible. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we ask you for grace to hear. There's so much good stuff here, Lord. We we pray that you'd let us to let us give us the grace, uh, the ability to grab onto that which you would have for us today. Help us to see and hear what you want us to see and hear in your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. So Paul begins this, and if your Bible is like mine, uh, the the heading in my Bible uh, says "Marks of the True Christian." So he's really giving us a look at authentic faith, what authentic faith uh, looks like, and so this is a great opportunity uh, for you and me to see uh, these are the things we should be tending to. These are the things that we should we should be working on uh, cultivating as Christians. First, tending to true love. Paul begins by by saying that we need to grab on to true love, that we need to let our love be genuine. And a big part of letting our love be genuine is refusing to love that which is not genuine. Paul here is making a, a an unapologetic ask of us. He's saying, aim and direct your love. We can't just let our love go any old place it wants to go. We've got to aim it. And that means making choices. That means if we're going to grab onto the good, then we're intentionally not grabbing onto things that are not good. If we're going to seek that which is real, we have to actually reject illusion. And right now, uh, maybe more than ever before, uh, we need to hear this because there are a lot of, uh, there are illusions out there, mirages, things that are not ever able to really satisfy us that are clamoring for our attention and, and our affection. And I think in some way, we're all experiencing a little bit of pruning in this respect. Things we've looked to historically to distract us, they're not, they're not, they're not as present. There are fewer things out there. And Paul, I think, would have something to say about that, that the Lord would be inviting each and every one of us to uh, cultivate authenticity, to seek genuine love, the love of God, something real, something substantial, something that can sustain us. The second thing that I want to highlight in this loaded passage is Paul's call for us to cultivate zeal and passion to tend to the fire of our love for God. He uses the phrase, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord out of a sense of devotion, out of a sense of fire. 
I believe that here there's a clear call for us to tend to the heat of our love for God, that we would not let our love grow cold. We would not let our love uh, wane, turn into something stale or old or outdated. If we're going to rejoice in hope, if we're going to be ardent in spirit, if we're going to serve the Lord, these things require uh, passion and energy in our hearts. Uh, your faith and my faith cannot be a head thing. And it's so ironic that so many people who want to live in their heads and just argue theology, they reference Paul, thinking, well, Paul was like the head guy. But it's Paul here who says, be ardent in spirit. So I just want to ask you, are you ardent in spirit? Where is the fire of your love for God? Because I'm going to tell you, if if we're only ever doing things for God or on behalf of God without having a sense of fire burning in our souls uh, that's that's fueled by love for God and time with God, we will burn out. We will run out. We will not be effective. Fires burn out if we don't stoke them, if we don't tend to them. And this is a problem in the church. And I think it's a problem in many of us as believers. We we don't pray. We don't spend time in silence. We don't engage in the depths of the hidden places in our life with God. And then we wonder why we are not able to resist sin. We wonder why we are prone to cynicism and sarcasm and fatalism. One of the reasons why we're going to be pivoting this podcast to include spiritual practices as a very real, guided, intentional way for us to grow in our life with God is that we want to teach you how to actually tend to the invisible or hidden parts of your life with God. If we only ever focus on the visible and not the invisible, the 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 external and not the hidden, we're not going to have zeal and passion. We won't be ardent in spirit. And the Lord is calling us to be ardent in spirit. And the only way we do that is to spend time tending to our love relationship with God. Guys, in that sense, it's not just about what we know. It's not just about what we believe. It's not just about what we're against or what cause we're fighting for. If we're not with God, all of those things will run dry and frankly, ring hollow. Paul, after speaking about tending to that ardency, that ardent heart, He says that we have to learn how to practice patience and perseverance, patience and suffering, perseverance and prayer. I remember hearing um, David Brooks, New York Times columnist who who wrote a book, The Second Mountain. He gave a lecture once. uh, It was at the Chicago Humanities Festival, one of the best hour-long lectures that that I've ever heard. Um, If you want to find it, you, you would just simply Google a moral journey, Chicago Humanities Festival, David Brooks, and it'll come up. It's a, it's a video lecture there. And one of the things that Brooks speaks about in, in that lecture is that suffering, which Paul here says, be patient when you in suffering, that suffering carves out deep spaces within us. And I was so struck by what he said because he was speaking essentially of the superficiality of our age, that we're shallow people. And that pain, when it comes into our life, if we tend to it, if we persevere, like Paul said, if we're patient in the midst of it, that actually pain makes us deep. Now, if we become embittered and cynical, we don't respond to the deepening invitation, but there is an invitation for us to go deep when we hurt. And we see that in Solzhenitsyn and Viktor Frankl and uh, Dostoevsky, many writers who 
bore witness essentially to the deepening potential of pain. Paul here says, be patient in suffering and persevere in prayer. And I think he's linked those two things. What do you do when you suffer? Many of us don't pray. Many of us self-medicate or we feel sorry for ourselves or we check out or we numb out or we become angry. And yet Paul here says, essentially, when I hurt, I pray. And y'all, we have a lot to pray about right now. There are are many invitations in the midst of all the suffering going on in our world for us to pray. And I just want to ask you, are you praying? Do you even know how? I believe it's our job to learn how to pray. And maybe it's my job to teach you how to pray. See, a lot of us in the Christian life, we get far enough into it and we think, you know, I should know how to pray. I should know how to read in my Bible and I don't. And it's too late for me to ask. Well, we want to begin to teach you, show you how. But it's going to be up to you whether or not you want to dive in. See, there are things in my own life right now that are hurting and things that that are hurting and I'm praying about that I will pray about until they move, until the mountain moves, until it gives way. And I believe that the Lord wants the same to be true for you. Are you the kind of person that will wear a path before God on certain needs and challenges, certain pains in your life? You will pray as if God is near, be present to the pain until God moves a mountain. I believe that's what he wants us to be. That's what perseverance in prayer looks like. And you've got to be taught to do that. And only when we do that are we able to live outside ourselves. See, if you notice Paul's progression in the marks of a true believer, he tends to our insides first, true love, cultivating an ardent spirit, uh, practicing patience and perseverance in prayer. And then he says, meet needs among the family of God, extend hospitality. See, these invitations are only ever to be answered when we've done the other stuff. So where is God tending to your insides, your hidden places, so that you might be the kind of person who extends hospitality. See, if we start with hospitality and never tend to the other side, we'll just wear out in our hospitality. And then Paul gets even more, I think, intense. It gets sort of more uh, uh, provocative when he says, don't just live outside yourself, but react the right way when wrongs are committed. Bless those who persecute you. Y'all, the only way to bless those who persecute you and injure you is to be the kind of person who would do that. Paul basically says those things above, and then the test of how we're doing is whether we're able to bless people that injure us. And then he moves on to a macro kind of unity. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Basically, Paul says, the more we walk in step with the Spirit, the more we're allowed to we allow the Lord through stimulus to make us deep people, the more we're able to walk in step with the crew, with the people around us. We're able to know our family. We're able to know the season we're living in and act accordingly. What Paul is saying here about rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep is he's saying, be a timely person. Be a person who walks in step with reality, with what's going on around you. And then he just keeps on moving. And he says, live in harmony As far as is it within your power, live at peace with those around you. Sometimes it's not within your power, but most of the time it is within our power to live in harmony with people around us. To take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. (laughs) I love that phrase. Take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. Those are great words to live by. And then finally, knowing that we will be hurt in the process as we open ourselves up to living in community, Paul says, don't take revenge for wrongs committed. Bless rather than curse. And I love what he says at the end. 
He says, when you bless those who injure rather than curse them, you will heap burning coals on their head. And I've heard people like wax philosophically about that to say it was something about warming in a pot on someone's head at night. I, I don't know what that's about. What it seems like to me is just a Southern guy is that you'll drive people crazy when they expect you to be mean and you're not mean. That it's the best sort of God-given way to respond is to say, I'm just going to do the opposite. I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to engage in what psychologists call non-complementary behavior. I'm not going to do back to you what you would expect. That's how we overcome evil with good. But if you'll sit with all that that's there in Romans 12, you'll see that you can't start with respond appropriately you got to start with a hidden life with god so that you'll become the kind of person who responds appropriately so look at your life look at the relationships in your life and maybe specifically look at the challenges in the relationships in your life and see where are the invitations for me to become the kind of person who would respond differently i think if we do that we'll probably be well on our way to growth in the spirit god bless you go in peace amen